Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Cells podcast. I'm here with Eliza. Eliza, how are you going? Yeah, very good. How are you going? I'm uh, a bit disgruntled because I had a very sleepless night last night. What happened? Yeah, this is so funny. I watched Inception last night and then I had a series of nightmares where I thought I was being incepted. <laughs> that is, um, we are in a dream right now. We could be. You are not awake. Oh, I kept waking up and then it wasn't registering that I was in the dream. And I was in this uh, big mansion and you know how in Inception they go through different yeah. layers of dream. I kept every different story in the house was a different layer of uh, of dream. Oh. And it was a nightmare because every time I went uh, high, uh, took, took the stairs up to the next level, my family and my friends started, uh, they, they knew me less and less. Oh. So each level I went up. Uh, I was like, mom, it's me. It's me. And she didn't recognize me. That's and, symbolic. And Shorty kept running away oh, from me. Oh, no. And um, yeah, I, I, it was just so bizarre. So Are you into dream analysis? Sometimes, you yeah. you unpack that. I got to unpack that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's an a intense one. one. No, I've had a few. Uh, earlier in the year, I was really into trying to get into lucid dreaming and, uh, and dream yes. analysis. I had a dream journal yeah. and I had one recurring one that where I was in a maths class, mm. but I haven't studied or something. That's very common. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably just like an anxiety thing. Yeah, I that's think. right. Yeah. Um, but I haven't had that one for a while, which is good. And that one last, I think that was the movie though. Yeah, it maybe. Was definitely the but movie still, like, impacting me. It's something about that movie has resonated in your subconscious. Like, I'm so big on dream. Probably. I analyze every single dream I have. If I dream about a gorilla, it means something. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I wonder how true the the science is behind it. If it were possible to, I'm sure you can't actually get into someone else's dream. But yeah. if you are, if you have certain areas in your subconscious that come to life. More, mm. more so in you. Well, that is what a dream is. But if mm. there are things like the safe house and yeah. how truthful and accurately symbolic are your dreams? But a lot of people claim that they have met other people on like their realms. Not, um, not lucid dreaming. What's the other one? Um, uh, astro projecting. Oh, what's that? It's where it's it's almost like lucid dreaming, but you spend like an hour visualizing yourself coming out of your body. Like, so you're in this like state of almost asleep, but not quite asleep. And then like a lot of people visualize like pulling a, like a rope and they'll do it for literally an hour or two hours. And then like, apparently that's never worked for me, but apparently you like feel like your body's like vibrating, like really intense. Sometimes you'll see like a sleep paralysis demon kind of thing. And then all of a sudden you're out of your body and you're like looking at yourself and then you can fly and Gosh. like do all these things. And people have been like, yeah, I've met other people and we've spoken about it. And, but I've heard of yeah. uh, the sleep paralysis demons. I had yeah. a, a friend that would get sleep paral yeah, paralysis quite badly, crazy. and it sounds pretty horrible. Yeah, I've I've realized I'm in a dream maybe once or twice in my life. Oh yeah, and I just started flying, but then I woke up really quickly. It didn't last very long. Yeah, I just started yeah. flying, and I was like, mm, "What am I going to do?" It's and so then, great. And then I woke up. <laughs> yeah, I've done it a few times. It's amazing. I love. It. I really wish I was one of those like lucid dreamers that were. Really good. Actually, a guy I know went on like a lucid dreaming. Um, I don't want to call it a camp, like retreat a lucid in Hawaii. Dreaming camp. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Where they um they just teach you how to do it, and it worked for all of them. Wow, so, pretty cool. They were doing wild things, and I said, "What does everyone do?" And he was like, "Sex." <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine that would be yeah. the main <laughs> yeah. fancy. I, look, that's what I was flying to. Yeah, to, to but sex. I didn't get there in time. <laughs> 
That's so, so sad. I know. Oh, <laughs> well, damn. not really. There are far worse things that can happen to people. Uh, waking up from a good dream is uh, yeah. definitely low on the list of tragedies. But today, what? by the way, I've got to reference something. I We got an uh, Instagram message uh, mm. regarding our a few points I made on the Raising Woke Kids podcast. And I was referencing a podcast I listened to, uh, a Joe Rogan podcast. I think her name is Abigail, Abigail Schreer or something like that. And she, along with another, I think she's a she's either a psychologist or a biologist, but uh, Deborah So, and they've both mm. frequented the Joe Rogan podcast. And I've been told that it's not the case that child psychologists are really quick to allow children mm. to transition. And there is quite a lengthy process. So, look, I'm definitely not an expert on that. I did just listen to these podcasts. I don't know mm. uh, what the truth is. Um, uh, I can't see why the people on Joe Rogan would lie, but then I also can't see why the people messaging us would lie. Mm. So... Yeah, I think it just, you know, it's never going to be consistent across the board and across country. So that's true. And we, even yeah. for each psychologist, yeah. it'll probably be different. But... Mm. Uh, be something I should probably look into a little bit more and everyone should also look into all the things we say. Don't ever take everything mm. as, as total fact mm. to your own research. Uh, but today we are going to talk about the, the cool girl. Yeah, the cool girl. This was your idea for a podcast. So explain, first of all, what is the concept of, of the cool girl and is it a modern phenomena? Mm. And why do you want to explore this topic? Well, it kind the cool girl kind of was born through um through oh my god, what's that movie? Gone Girl. Yeah, okay. And I don't know if you remember she has like this 5-minute monologue in the movie. Have you seen it? Um, I don't think I have. Oh, you should it's really yeah. good. Okay. No, I know it's a classic. Yeah. I need to watch it. Definitely watch it. But she has this monologue pretty much where she's trying to be, where she's explaining how she's been the cool girlfriend so that they can settle down together and get married and things like that. Mm -hmm. But the whole time she was like, you know, I, I had to drink beer and I have to have pizza every single night and pretend I like anal and things like that, but all <laughs> while remaining a size two and I have to be the hottest girl in the room, but I have to wear sweatpants and those kind of things. So the author of Gone Girl um, created that based off um, the character that Cameron Diaz plays in There's Something About Mary, oh, where yeah. she's like the stunning, beautiful girl that all the guys want, but it's because, you know, she's super casual and she'll have the cheeseburgers and she likes sports and beers and things like that, which is fine. And a lot of girls do actually generally like those things. Yeah. Um, but the concept of like the cool girl is when someone is – changing their personality usually in an attempt to impress um, males and they kind of try to maintain this um, image of themselves but in reality it's not really they're not really expressing their true self and it can kind of get really messy so that's what I thought would be interesting to talk about and chat about because I think it's so common like a, a lot of my friends or, or girls I know um, will kind of come across as a cool girl to guys they're dating or even their boyfriends and then later say to me like oh, i can't believe he said that and i was like well pull him up on it and she was they're like no 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 it's cool yeah those things can't be left unsaid yeah. because they will pile up yeah and they'll come out in a big uh, in a big fight eventually yeah exactly yeah i guess i haven't really i know about the concept and i know there's also the pick me girls on yeah. tiktok yeah. the ones that are saying no i don't i haven't slept with that many guys i keep myself pure or 
I'm di- uh, girls who are basically putting down other women yeah. in order to gain ma- male attention. Mm. And I think we addressed this on a podcast previously. Mm. It's a dog move. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You don't dog the boys to get female attention. You also don't yeah. dog the girls yeah. to get male attention. Exactly. <laughs> you got to be for the boys. You got to be for the girls. So uh, that's a very. We got to empower each other. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it, honestly. And It's a very Aussie way of putting it, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> but that's that's super interesting i i can only imagine that uh it it sounds like it's born out of some level of insecurity or uh need to please the opposite sex Mm -hmm. and uh, a requirement for validation i wonder though because we all want to impress Mm. our partners right so uh you know, I don't necessarily like picnics and sunset walks and things (laughs) like that but I do it because well, what makes me happy is making yeah. my partner happy. So is there something to be said about a girl who maybe she, she it's not that she individually enjoys whatever it is, cheeseburgers, beers and mm. sport or whatever, you know, all that guy stuff. Mm. Uh, but for one night a week she says, All right, he's chosen the date night this week. I'm oh, gonna I'm gonna yeah. be the cool girl for for tonight. Yeah, for sure. I think that sounds like it, yeah. it would be okay and it and sounds great, but it, but if it, we get to a point where she's not actually uh, talking about things that are affecting her, yeah. talking about things that he's doing that she perceives as as uh, incorrect or wrong, then you're in dangerous territory. Yeah, so I think like to get a bit more specific, some of the issues, it's not just feigning interest in like beers and sports and things like that or having a genuine interest, but what is the common thing that I see is that um, girls will say, um, like I was, I was telling Neil before that I'll see like a, a mate who will joke with her boyfriend um, about hot girls that they walk past on the street mm. and will be like, um, he'll be like, that girl's really hot. And then my mate will be like, yeah, she's so sexy. And then they will talk about her and like go on and on and look at her ass, those kind of things. And then later, like, and she'll be like, and he'll be like, oh, it's so cool. I can speak to her about this. And then later she'll come over to me or like the girls and like be literally crying being like I hate that he talks about other women like that and we're like girl like just but you're you're allowing that you're enabling that and you're encouraging it he doesn't know any better because he's never really identified that that's an issue with you yeah that's really on her I yeah. think because she's not speaking up and talking about things that are clearly affecting her in yeah. an adverse way mm. So it comes down to self worth and self esteem, exactly. doesn't it? You gotta, you gotta set boundaries. You gotta, there is a, there's a line. You don't want to be a dictator, or you yeah. don't want to be uh, too bossy in a relationship. But that situation sounds like she is too worried about losing him. Maybe yeah. so she's not willing to to speak up exactly. and say, "Hey, I'm not really comfortable with this." Mm. And then it gets to it, it. What's what I could imagine would be dangerous is. If it's left unsaid for so long and then it finally comes out, mm-hmm. I could only imagine he could get quite frustrated. Like, oh, well, you never told me this before. Mm-hmm. Been doing it for six months and now suddenly exactly. you don't like it. So exactly. Yeah. And um sounds like a an explosion waiting to happen there. Exactly. Another example of of um that was um a girl I know was would commonly joke about well not joke, she would say to her the guy she was dating that she was or her boyfriend that she was, you know, like he'd talk about wanting a threesome and then she'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, like that'd be so hot kind of thing and like 
saying she'd be down for that and like, oh, we'll do it one day, this kind of thing. And then um, he was like, okay, should we organize it? And she was, she didn't want to say like, no. So she said, yeah, sure. Hoping that he would forget about it. And of course, <laughs> no she guy's said yes. About yeah. That. So he went and did it and she was like, so betrayed. Like, how could he want to like sleep with another girl and this and that? And I was like, didn't you tell him that you she, wanted that as well? Like, wait, so he did it with two different girls or with her and no, another girl? No, he, he was trying to bring another girl in and he okay. was like, hey, I found someone. It's like Sally from work kind of thing. She'd be interested. And then <laughs> the girl's like... Holy shit, no. That was easy. <laughs> yeah. <Damn. laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, again, that seems to be on Yeah. Don't if if you're into it, then say that you're into it. But yeah. if you if you're doing it I get the feeling that a lot of girls will will do the threesome to make the guy happy without actually being into it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That seems to be a common one. Um but then there's something to be said about well sometimes you, isn't it a good thing to do things for for the other person? Not a threesome. If you're not, but you no, that'd be a terrible idea. If you're not like fully on board for a threesome, never do it. Never. Okay, a threesome is quite intense. Yeah, like, okay. But... I know so many relationships that have been ruined from threesomes, or just bad threesome. Probably of everyone I know that have done threesomes, ninety percent of them have been a bad situation. Really? Yeah, literally. No, I've never, I've never had one, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> that came out really um, fast. <laughs> any listeners, though, uh, I'm down. That's <laughs> um, uh, such a common fantasy, though. Yeah, it used to it be is... so big like two years ago or a couple of years ago. Everyone was talking about threesomes. I feel like it's died down a bit now, well, though. It's such a power trip for a man yeah. to have like two girls there. Yeah, and feeding your you. ego. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great. Literally. Um but yeah, like when it when it comes to a relationship and things like that, you gotta you gotta be really honest about that stuff. Oh, and yeah. if you are gonna do it because you're pleasing the other person, just be open and communicate about that. Say, look, I'm not necessarily that into it, but I'm willing to do it yeah. to to make you happy. But then if I heard that, I'd think, oh, well, all right, no, then I don't, yeah, I don't exactly. really want to do it. And also like this is off topic, I guess now that we're into conversation of threesomes Just make the whole podcast yeah. <laughs> about threesome <laughs> like communicate to your partner prior to having the threesome what is okay and what is no not okay because i know um the etiquette <laughs> yeah like you have to have these and even to the third person oh, like you have to have these so strictly put out because your relation it makes your relationship very vulnerable if it falls apart like i know a girl who had a threesome and she was totally fine with him fucking the other girl but the second they kissed she was like no, that's it. And she could never recover from it, which was so weird. I was like, but his was in and yeah, it was fine. It was the kiss. It was too intimate. Wow. You're revealing a lot about your friends. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. Never say names though. (laughs) Never say names. That's okay. (laughs) And, you know, I did do a a course in sexology. So a lot of people I know were into that for a reason. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. From what you've told me, it sounds like the entrance exam would have just. Yeah. Have a threesome. It was an oral exam. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Kidding. Uh, But coming back to the the cool girl Mm. and the the pick me girl. Do you think there's a, do you know about this pick me girl thing? I see it on TikTok. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that I feel like it's a bit too new for me to be all over it. It's like the young people have kind of created that. <laughs> wow, I sound you are so twenty five. Okay, <laughs> are we twenty six next month? It makes Oy. all the difference. Okay. No. Nah, um yeah, I know that it's kind of like 
about please like coming across like I'm this similar to the I'm not like other girls and yeah. um like you should pick me because I do this and I'm really cool and I'm not gonna nag you and I'm not gonna have like boundaries that I put in place like I'll let you do whatever kind of thing I mean from a from a guy's perspective there is something to be said about a girl who is a bit more relaxed like I would appreciate a girl who's honest and and sets boundaries and talks about what she finds comfortable and uncomfortable but then if she is very if she is relaxed and easygoing and and positive and happy that's a a, that's a huge turn on so uh, if she's sitting there looking through all my, oh, you can't message this person, you can't do this, you, this makes me uncomfortable, this makes me upset. Yeah. After a while, it, there's, a, there's a point where it's setting healthy boundaries to being controlling. A hundred percent, honestly. I, I hate when people go through other people's phone. Like you got to just trust until you're literally given a very clear reason not to trust someone. I think that you can do that in a way that's chill. Like when I'm in relationships, I'll sit back and observe and I will wait – for them to show me how they respect me kind of thing. Like, I'm not going to say, yeah. don't do this, don't do that, whatever. I'll just w- watch and see what they do. <laughs> and then if they, if I okay. feel like disrespected, I, I don't ever like kick off, don't whine, don't cry. I just be like, I don't like that. I'm not going to sit around for that. So Yeah. But then again, everyone yeah. has uh, grand mm-hmm. ideas about how they're going to act in a relationship. Then when you're actually in it and, and the, the feelings emotions, are real and yeah. you're face to face with that person and the yeah. emotions are heated, you often keep things yeah. inside. So exactly. uh, it can be, it can be tough. Yeah. Um, it's good to be chill and like, you know, I'm not trying to like hate on girls that are all natural and, and do gen- like generally like genuinely like sports and like wearing trackies or whatever. I think that's really cool. I think it's just wearing trackies. <laughs> that's like part of the thing. Like I wear trackies and you wear skirts kind of thing. But if that's you- not a, that's but girls usually look can look better in skirts. So if yeah, they're trying to do yeah, it for the guy. Yeah. When they want to wear a skirt. It's like just do do what you want to do and stop saying I'm not like other girls because by saying that you're saying that being like a girl or a woman is a bad thing and it's not. It depends on the context. If they're saying, you know, I'm I'm a bit different, that's yeah. just who I am. Yeah. But if they're putting down other women in the same way if guys are saying, I'm not like other guys, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, res- I don't drink beer and I don't watch the football. No, <laughs> I... I write poetry. Like, yeah, go fuck, go fuck yourself. Like, you're not a man. Where's he at? <laughs> a um, little poem. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of that is born from insecurity. I think that can come from uh, yeah, the need for validation and trying to pleasing. be something you're not. Yeah. But at this, again, there's just that fine line where. You know, I like listening to what girls like in men. Yeah. To yeah. try to emulate those yeah. characteristics. It's, I'm not doing it to gain, well, to a certain degree, I guess I am trying to gain some approval there. But we are very sexual beings and we want to impress, uh, if we're heterosexual, the, the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. And uh, otherwise, we want to impress the people that we're attracted to, right? Yeah. So what's the line there? You know, because I think some people go too far with the, oh, just be yourself, you're fine just the way you are. And mm. I think to myself, look, there are certain things you can work on and improve yeah. in yourself to make yourself more appealing in the dating world. Mm. And a lot of male self-help is about that. It's, hey, become more fashionable, yeah. be well-groomed, mm-hmm. uh, learn how to speak in a much more uh, appealing tone and mm-hmm. and 
manner. Yeah. So what's the line? What's the line there? I think you it's know? being able to have boundaries and be confident in your boundaries. And when someone does something to piss you off or that's upset you or has crossed the line for you, don't just, um, you don't have to accommodate to them and be like, oh, that's okay. Like, um, no biggie. It was probably my fault. Like I, I probably did this and that's why you did this. Just be like, this makes me uncomfortable. Just letting you know, that's how I feel. This is my experience. And then wait and see how they respond to that or how they resolve it. Um, so I think it's, it, yeah, it literally is just coming down to being confident within your own boundaries. And it's, it's not a turnoff to have expectations within a relationship. Like girls will be like, oh, I think it's so like, I don't need flowers. I don't need presents. I don't need jewelry. I don't need those things either. Like, I don't care about being given those things or I don't need someone to pay the bill or open the door for me. Like, but sometimes it's it's nice to have someone that show you, show you genuine care and respect by doing that. Like if someone opens the door for me, I'm not thinking, um, wow, like he's he thinks that I can't open the door. I'm just like, well, that's really polite. Thanks. That's nice. Yeah. 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 I I agree with that. I and can't. I think can't sometimes really argue with that. guys also fall into this. I think we talked about actually maybe on our most recent I don't know one of our podcasts where guys will be like. Every single guy I've ever dated has said to me, you're not like other girls. Every single one of them. And I find that odd <laughs> that we kind of, what's wrong with being like other girls? And you know how I was saying in the last one, when they ask you that and you say, how so? And they just, they're like dumbfounded. They can't answer how you're actually different. Yeah. Um, do you think you could be reading into that a bit much? Because could no. be seen as a compliment right like yeah it's not a, a bad saying, it's meant just, as a you're compliment just a bit different you know yeah. like i haven't met a girl that's like you yeah is that always necessarily a bad thing i think that's fine when it's like i haven't met anyone like you but it's when it's that i'm going to compare you to the rest of the female or like yeah the female gender and be like wow you're really not like every other girl i've dated like women kind of thing i think it's kind of I don't know. I just, it's almost like a backhanded compliment Probably it to me. Would depend on the tone, right? If they were, yeah. like, you're not like those other, those other ones. Yeah. Whoa, where you think every woman's sure, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> if they say it like that, then that's yeah. pretty negative. Yeah. I don't know. I but think you say, you, you're, you're, inter you're interesting. Yeah. So I want, I, I like it if I stand out and yeah, yeah. come across as unique and interesting and appealing in that sense. So in a way, is that so different to a girl saying to me, oh, you're not like other guys? Having said that, those words specifically, if I did hear them, it would feel a bit weird. Yeah. Mm. I, don't know. I feel like across, just in my circles, it's something that kind of the girls, like it rubs us the wrong way um, when we talk about it and that sometimes. But you can say it in a way that is genuine like I've, of course I've said like oh I've never met someone that's interested in this I think that's really cool and yeah um, never met someone so nice in my life you're so lovely like that's fine but it's just the like it's the when you put like a subtle label on a gender being like oh all men are trash I can't believe I found the one nice guy like those kind of okay. things yeah no, then that I get yeah. that then because yeah. if uh if it's coming from a place of everyone else is negative yeah. versus it's coming from a place like you're so positive yeah. that you stand out, mm. then the negative one is is 
is because it says more about them, right? Yeah. If uh, a girl were to say to me, "Oh, you're not like other guys. All the other guys treat me like crap, and all the other men are trash," then I'd say, mm, "Okay." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm I think I am just like any other guy. Exactly. Really. I, I actually oh, I got some. I got some unique qualities. I think yeah, I'm exactly. Special. It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> I have had a couple of guys say um, this the same thing to me about this, um, and I wasn't. It's kind of in between the two. Like it's half nice compliment, but also I wasn't sure. I don't know. They were saying to me, um, "I've never had like you're not like other girls. I've never had." Um, dated a girl that is genuinely interested in like asking questions about me and my life and things like that. Girls just expect me to hold the conversation and only like care or look after them and and carry all the work where they just kind of want to be doted on. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I, the first time I heard, it, I was like, don't like it. But I kept, I've heard it a few times, and then I thought, is it is it really a thing um, dating women in the early days where they're not so holding the conversation being like what are your thoughts on this and 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 just asking you things have you experienced that well some but not to a degree where i'd group all women yeah. as doing that yeah it was odd um but i've had some men do that as well How, i don't what think do you that's well, if you talk us not in a dating context oh. <laughs> but if you're just talking to a man and then they only ever talk about themselves and mm. their ideas and they never actually mm. ask you any questions so I don't think that's a uniquely female yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it I'm is very that. frustrating. It's something I don't like. Yeah. I don't think anyone would like that, really. Oh, yeah. It's the worst. It's and just, then when you're like... It's a, it's illustrating their narcissism more than anything. Yeah. Or sometimes it can, it can be narcissistic, but it can also be a social anxiety kind of thing where people will get really stressed um, asking questions and not knowing what the right question is. So I often find that with... Um, with quiet people and shy people that sometimes they they are deep thinkers um and can have really deep conversations but initially starting the conversation i will most likely be carrying it um okay. and asking them and sometimes i wouldn't get a question in return but it's just because of when the shyness wears off that kind of wears off but there's certainly been people that i've hung out with um i used to have a friend a few years ago and literally not once would in like seven hours of hanging out, would she ask anyone anything about themselves? She'd just talk about herself. And she was a really anxious person. She was comfortable sharing things about herself, but she just wouldn't. I didn't know if it was because she was uninterested or she just wasn't comfortable with it. But it was literally to the point that if I didn't ask her a question, it'd be silent. So it was kind of like an interview almost. Like, what are your thoughts on this? And how did you go with this? And those kind of things. Never once... And I think way. we're moving away from just dating and we're talking about general emotional yeah. intelligence there. Yeah. I think it's a admirable quality to uh, look outward from the self and, and be interested exactly. in other people and want to engage with them. It's so true. So true. And it's so, it's so easy to fall into the trap of only being con like aware of your own thoughts, emotions and experience and not wanting to genuinely know about that other person. And mm. Yeah, we can just fall into that a little bit. It's something to be aware of. Why do you think so many girls uh, try to emulate these cool girl characteristics? Because <laughs> if it's so prevalent and even mm. with your friends, so women who are in their 20s, because I would have thought, okay, this is kind of a high school yeah. thing. But yeah. if it's going on all throughout their life, 
do you think it comes from them not wanting to lose their partner and and being fearful? Mm. I think that that's the on the minor scale. It is that it's it's insecurity. It's wanting to be um, validated and being and have those wow, that's you're really cool. Like that's dope that you let me do this or whatever. Um, and it's the it is that kind of wanting to be relaxed and thinking that's what is appealing, which it is appealing to to men and and trying to um, think of attributes that are appealing. But on like a grander scale of things, I think it's it's almost a societal, very subtle influence that we've had maybe throughout time where women's please don't come at me for being a feminist again but women's needs may be like not you not you i meant audience in the comments um women's experiences have maybe been overlooked and it's kind of about we were we've we've grown up with messages not so much recently but in the past especially like about how to how to please a man and and those kind of things and um it's a little bit of like internalized misogyny, I think, that we're not actually aware of, but we're putting down other girls by verbally saying like, oh, I cannot stand that this girl wears high heels. Like, she, you know, she probably doesn't wear them 24-7. Just because someone wears heels doesn't mean they're high maintenance, snobby, or just putting people into a stereotype. That's so strange. Uh that someone would criticize another girl for wearing high heels. Yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah, I hear it all the time. <laughs> it's interesting just looking at the difference between The Bachelor and The Bachelorette yeah. and the way that the male contestants oh, are so yeah. chummy and yeah. uh, they all befriend each other. There's a few little conflicts there, but The the Bachelor, they get really it's catty savage. and dramatic and always want to fight with each other. Yeah. How much? This is always the question I pose with a lot of these uh, feminist and gender issues. How much of it do you think is biological versus cultural? I think it's mostly cultural. Yeah, I would say it's almost entirely cultural and just the way that we've been influenced by society. But the thing about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette is really interesting because, and I love it, even though those shows are so trashy, but you... Men, I guess, typically men don't often witness the way women interact at outside of men. Like even I will be like that when when we're hanging out with the guys and we'll like, I don't know, we'll, we'll play like video games and um, we'll hang out, play sport or whatever, just do whatever, yeah. casual chit chat. And then when it's when the guys leave, we're like, oh, my God, this is what happened to me on Tuesday night. Those kind of stories that we know okay. that the guys will be eye rolling at. But um, unfortunately, I think often with women, which we see in The Bachelorette, is it it does go very catty very fast. And women and girls love to gossip. It's how women bond by sharing information. And when you don't have information about yourself to share anymore because you've been friends for like years and they know everything about you, you start sharing information about other people you know. Okay. And it's just this continual cycle of bonding. But, but then that would imply that there's a biological element to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily a negative judgment on women if they are if they uh, move more in that direction yeah. when initially interacting but there's hasn't there been experiments where um if you if you're in a workplace or something where there's uh 
there's a, 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 a younger, more attractive man and a younger, more attractive female, but then another younger, more attractive female comes in and then they just hate each other. That's so interesting. I, I, I haven't heard of that, but I, I love it. I can't validate that for yeah. sure, but I've, I've sort, of, sort of heard that in, in, in the periphery somewhere. Yeah. Um, That's so interesting. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but it's. I think there's nothing wrong with, you know, sharing personal information and, and bonding and things like that. It's just the... I don't think gossiping is, is just bad and it's bad for you. It's bad for your karma. It's bad for your psyche. It's just bad in general when you are talking so much shit about someone and then going and being their best friend. Uh, yeah. They're two-facedness. If you genuinely dislike someone and you're like, oh, this girl has done this and it's really hurt me and you're ranting about it, it's different. But it's when it's like your mate and you're just telling your other mate everything about them in a negative way. Men gossip as well. It's just maybe in a different kind of context. More minimal and <laughs> yeah, just oh, fewer words. Such a fucking dickhead, like <laughs> he thinks this, he thinks that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very human to gossip, though. I think because yeah. I've caught myself doing it, and I dislike the fact that I'm doing it. Mm. But it feels so cathartic talking about this person that's just clearly such an idiot. It does, yeah. And I feel bad. I feel terrible about it, but it feels good to vent. It does, so yeah. This, there was this uh one person that so this is girl I was seeing a few months ago and then there was this other one person that was well, she ended up becoming friends with her, but then mm. she was initially kind of friends with me, but right. was I this is actually going to sound like I'm in high school here, but she was acting like she was a much stronger friend than she was. Right. She wouldn't. She's trying to Everyone claim else was, uh, when I was doing my show, would offer to pay. And I often would give them free tickets, but mm. she's like, so where are my tickets? And, oh. hey, let's hang out. Like, can you tell me about this? Can you tell me about that? I'm like, I don't, I hardly know you. Mm. Now, there's a bit of a backstory yeah. there. I'm not completely innocent in the in this whole <laughs> foray either, but... But it just felt good to gossip, which if it, it was I was in two minds because it felt like a relief mm. being able to connect with someone else, understanding that her, so many of her traits were maybe childish mm-hmm. or uh, emotionally unintelligent. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I knew it wasn't the most ethical thing to do. Yeah. And because... I'm not in a relationship with her or anything. I couldn't exactly send her a message saying, hey, these things that you're doing are not appropriate yes, because yeah. I'm still a friend but yeah. not a close friend. Yeah. It was a bizarre situation. And, well, I think what happened is they stayed friends with each other and I have <laughs> probably the, the a sneaking suspicion that she's gone and told her all the stuff I said because uh, she's gone and unfollowed me on everything. That's the risk, yeah. But it, I'm glad. I'm glad to get her out of my... Yeah life to be honest it does feel really good to have a good goss like i will fall into that and you know what they say nothing bonds two people faster than having a mutual enemy (laughs) that's a it's like a fact well okay that's how wars are created yeah there's there's an enemy there's a common enemy exactly that is what bonds humans yeah the common enemy it's just it is wild how quickly we can bond over someone that we mutually dislike well where uh, our common enemy on this podcast is the cool girl yes <laughs> to a degree you could make Whoops. you could make a little bit of a connection there we're criticizing yeah uh, certain the tropes of uh, someone who we we perceive often in 
inter in yeah, that's social life. Good point. And we're in a way calling her out. Yeah, and and bonding over it, and then our mm. listeners are probably bonding over it as well. Mm. So shit, <laughs> gossip is. I just think it's a very human characteristic. Yeah. I, I think it it can be more pronounced in in girls sometimes, but it a lot of that could be cultural. I don't know. You'd have to do some mm. experiments there, but. I don't think we can ever n- get to a point where there's never any gossiping, no, never any uh, jealousy they, yeah. or, you know, backstabbing. I mean, mm. we go back to all the great plays of Shakespeare and, and stories of Roman history. I mean, uh, the, all that was was backstabbing and gossiping. Literally. And look at politics. That's and all what do is. we want to watch on TV most? Like we get so like stuck into reality TV because of that gossipy like drama. drama we love yeah, it. We just... But I don't think that it's bad to... Gossip, like I will tell, like if I'm dating someone, I will tell my boyfriend and my best friend everything. Yeah. Like that's it. And they will keep them sacred. But if I have a friend who's not my best mate, but just a good girlfriend, and she's telling me every single secret about all of her friends and what they've done and, and all this that have happened and like naming them, I won't trust her. I'm like, no, I'm not telling you shit. Like I just will automatically kind of never tell a secret because I think that we get in the habit of gossiping, then we can't hold a secret to ourselves. Like you have to be able to be like, you know what, this one's a silly little gossip. I'll do it. Oh, my friend got caught doing this on the weekend. Ha ha. But when it's a something that needs to be vaulted, a really intense secret, you shouldn't gossip it, obviously, but it happens anyway. There's something so alluring about wanting to reveal such a juicy yes. secret though. Yes. We are human at the end of the day. Um, that's a... why I try to avoid big social groups. And since <laughs> no one told me your juicy I've, secrets, <laughs> oh, I, I despise all of that drama, yeah. gossiping, name yeah. code. This person hooked up with this person. This person did this. Yeah. I avoid that, mm-hmm. even though I'm just contradicting myself because I was <laughs> doing it with this girl. But uh, I try to stay out of big groups like that. Yeah, and I haven't been perfect either. I probably did some gossiping in, in oh, high school. Oh, no one can be perfect with it. My friend told me he had a crush on some girl and then, yeah, oh, yeah, we had a big fight about that because he didn't think, I didn't think he told me to keep it a secret, but he thought it was so obvious that it should have been a secret. <laughs> so then I told that girl's friend because I didn't think, it, but he didn't, he didn't make it clear, like, hey, don't tell anyone. I love how you have to dig so deep back to high school. Like, I'm like, last time I got it was probably yesterday. I don't know. but I'm True. Sure. And I still remember <laughs> yeah. that because I'm still really good friends with that guy. But I didn't, I wasn't clear. He didn't tell me, hey, keep it a secret. Yep. So you got to, it's not always, it's not always clear uh, how the person wants you to react with this new information. Yeah. So I think if you are telling juicy secrets about yourself or people you know, you got to then say you cannot tell anyone about this. Yeah. So. And also gossip doesn't, I feel like when you share a secret with someone you really trust, that's okay. But when it's toxic, it's when it's like, this girl's hair is so hideous and did you know she has hair on her back? Like that's filthy. Those kind of just irrelevant bitchiness about a mutual friend. And yeah. to make it like a – to bring it on a spiritual level, I really think it's it's bad for your – Chakras? Yeah. yeah it's, chakras. <laughs> well, we were talking karma. about chakras before. but um, She was. I don't know anything <laughs> about chakras. <laughs> we'll get there. It's bad for you. I'm the Indian. <laughs> literally but when you when you talk 
shit and you're saying negative things, it's often just a reflection of your own subconscious and your personality and bringing out negativity your body can't recognize that that's directed at someone else. And it's just going to hold that into yourself. So just, just chill on that. Speak positive and you'll think positive, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think that's a standard to aim for, but hard to it's do. very hard to do because even yeah. a lot of my comedy relies on if I'm making fun of a uh, an archetype in society or a, a group of people or a certain culture yeah, but you don't genuinely hate them you don't look at that's, them on the street no. being like look at your disgusting shoes oh uh, no that's, you that's peasant. weird <laughs> yeah. when people are like that especially yeah. if they're like that in their 20s and 30s yeah it's like grow up it's somewhat forgivable in high school but if yeah they're bitching about things like appearance and yeah it's just oh, a neck level hot or whatever <laughs> who does that I yeah. don't, do people still do that yes and Jeez. guys do as well i actually had a guy friend of mine sleep with a mutual friend so i hooked them up and he came back a couple of days later first of all he claimed that he gave her six orgasms and i fact checked that and she was like not even one but secondly, then he... <laughs> what made him... So was she then faking it or... No, she said she wasn't. She was just... So he just lied. <laughs> or maybe he didn't know what... I don't know. Maybe he thought every time tell. she moaned that she was having one. It's not... six, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm, you can't... Be... Why? Anyway, so but when... He, the thing that made it like really pissed me off was that he talked so much shit to a group of us not about their sex that was all good but about the underwear the bra that she was wearing which was a skin colored bra and I was like well just take it off and he was like I did but he was like it was so gross it was such a turn off when I took her shirt off and she was wearing this bra and it was it was like tan skin color like get some lingerie woman I was like well, Get over yeah. It. yeah. Um, Bigger fish to fry. <laughs> yeah, that one seems a bit extreme. But <laughs> if you've had a funny experience in a one night stand or yeah. you sat with someone, something has occurred that is noteworthy, you might want to share that. I with mean, your I've shared that well. like, I've shared that to a million times on these podcasts. Yeah, right. But when you're like talking about a mutual friend to other friends, something that, yeah. that, petty you know what when it comes to sexual experiences because everyone's so vulnerable in that Mm. moment especially if it's a one-night stand Mm. people always make themselves out to be the the normal one and the other person did something weird or can you believe the other person did this yeah or the other person was said this yeah but oh yeah because you were so perfect exactly i only know this because certain things have see again this stupid gossip nonsense it's like chinese whisper so yeah something occurred and then in their interpretation of it they think it's all me and it's funny so they've told some friends Mm -hmm. and it's come back to me and it's like no i never did that i never Mm -hmm. said that Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's um and it can ruin your reputation especially as like a teenager i remember this girl was um dating a guy that we all had crushes on. We all thought he was really beautiful and he was really lovely when we were like 16. And then um, she, they had slept together and she said something negative about, it was probably like his, a dick size or something like that performance. Yeah. I can't quite remember, but every girl after, it spread so far that every girl after was just like, he couldn't get anyone. No one wanted to even date him or be with him. Oh, and then finally, That's two years sad. later, 
um, a girl we know started dating him and everyone was talking shit about the girl being like, wow, I can't believe she's putting up with this. And I just felt so bad for that guy. Yeah, there was a story about that similar to that in that book you recommended, mm. Boys and Sex, mm. where uh, the guy didn't know how to finger or something. His technique yeah, was bad. And then right. she went and told the whole party and yeah. it spread uh, throughout high school. Um, and then he told her about it and she felt really bad, but it was, the damage was done. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So sometimes if you're just venting and, and talking about your uh, escapades, which we all do, yeah. maybe be a bit – or don't name the person or something. Yeah. Just be like, oh, I slept with this girl and she did all this weird stuff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't know. True. I guess there's no real – and look, if someone is spreading some rumors or gossip about you, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um. That's can true. we come – so coming back to this uh, cool girl thing mm. – Uh. The stereotype seems to be, now tell me if this is different from your perception, yeah. that especially later on in relationships, the usual dynamic is the woman is always mad and up, wants something to change. And, oh, he always does this. He always yeah. leaves the toilet seat up. There's always this thing mm, going on. Nagging. Yeah. And the man is always just wants that cool girl, the yeah. chill girlfriend. Do you think, one, there's any truth to that? And if there is... Which gender is at fault? Is it that men actually do suck or is it that women are expecting too much? Or is it just you can only define something like that on a case-by-case example? it, It is really hard to kind of go delve into that one because when I watch when I watch some like little videos about the cool girl trope, um, and a lot of the women and they're all women that have kind of made the reviews or made these videos will say that men are almost wanting to just date themselves. Like someone that's a bit nonchalant, chilled, has the same interests, pizza, movies, beer, like. But is hot. Relax. But is very <laughs> extremely hot and down to fuck at any moment of the day. Um, <laughs> ready whenever you are. And. The, you know, women do have a tendency we can be naggers and because – and the reason that is isn't because men piss us off constantly. Well, I mean, I'm sure s- s- that is the case for lots of people. But it's because women typically women are, are much more verbally communicative and so we were just – we just were like, well, we're just going to say it. This annoys me when you do this and it can be bad. Like I always say, pick your battles. Like if it's something like a cup on the table, like just – just yeah, little Deal stuff like that. It, yeah, it, it's it's annoying. You don't, I don't know if I'm now playing into this uh, yeah. desirability of the cool girl, but if it's such minor things, or you didn't do the dishes, you didn't do that. It's like just come on, give me a break. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm, I like to think I'm not some slob, but I there's one girlfriend actually that got to a point where she was just nagging on yeah. quite a lot of things, and and then it's the old issue that occurs it's the dynamic in a and as a therapist i'm sure you'd you'd be Mm. aware of this so if the man's constantly being nagged he doesn't even want to make an effort because he's not Mm -hmm. getting any positive reinforcement 
and he stops trying. And as a result, the girl starts nagging more. Exactly. Neither of them are sexually attracted to each other anymore. And he thinks, well, if you have sex with me, maybe I'll want to do some of this stuff. And she's saying, well, if you do some of the stuff, then I want to have sex with you. You've just unpacked 90% of couples counseling. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's literally it. That's the whole thing. Qualified therapist now. Done. Relationship therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's exactly right. And it's so hard. If you're in that situation, who yeah. needs to, someone, because something's got to give. Someone's yes. got to eventually say, all right, for the few months, I'll try not to yeah. get upset. But I've, I could only imagine there's been months or even years of a pent-up frustration and you mm. can't just get it's rid of that. It's very, very difficult to undo years of, yeah, pent-up aggression or just frustration with someone. And it's really hard to be like, Oh, pick your battles. Easier said than done when it genuinely, a tidy home is something that's really important to me. So it genuinely pisses me off when I see this or that. Like for me though, I I don't care about those things, but I'm sure that there will be certain things that I'm particular about. Maybe, I don't know. Um, But... I think that the way about it is it it is a two a two way street, and I know I bring up the love languages a lot, but that's a really important thing to know about yourself and about your partner because if she's gonna feel loved by thinking he makes an effort in my home and in our home together, and and he's yeah. he's putting in the effort to help me clean on the Sundays when is our cleaning day, like that's a big turn on to me. That shows that he's contributing to our relationship, and he might be thinking I love when you know she's showing me affection and she's showing me kindness and she's she's being flirty with me and touching me because we've been together for seven years and we don't flirt anymore those kind of things it's about knowing what your partner wants but if you're in a relationship where it's 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 negative all the time or you you're in the in the habit of pulling people up on very minor things it's bad. <laughs> and and it's there was a word for it that you mentioned a few podcasts ago where you oh yeah, negative bias, is it? Oh the, yeah, negativity yeah, so bias, always, yeah. That's gonna come about if you're Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've never been in that long a relationship, but Yeah, it um, is. That terrifies me. Yeah. That I'm so afraid of that being in a really long term marriage and then it's so much harder to get out of because if there's kids and there's mm. shared mortgage mm. and all these sorts of things. Yeah, well, what's interesting is that of all the boyfriends I've ever had or guys I've dated, there's a lot, but I've never had, I've only had one guy ever be like that to me, like kind of naggy and pulling me up on things one time out of every guy I've dated. Yeah, because you don't usually hear about guys that are nagging and, and saying, but what sort of things was he nagging you about? It was just like really petty shit that I was I can't even remember like he'd be like it really bothered me that you would um that you would cook dinner and then eat it and leave the dishes there like you should be doing the dishes before you sit down to eat because now it's sitting there for hours and then you don't want to do it before we go to bed and you put it back to the next morning and that's like a turn off for me those kind of things and I was literally like damn um sounds like a lot of uh, he he would be a good fit for some other women who are really big clean freaks yeah yeah exactly and it just comes you know (laughs) i'd imagine that's that's that would be such a turn off if a guy is you didn't do the dishes or you it was so weird but it's so common in this isn't me trash talking women but it's much more common the other way around um where women we do 
pull people up more frequently, I guess. You know what my um, my uh, very uh, <laughs> non-studied theory is mm. behind a lot of that is because the, the domestic nature of our lifestyles now mm. is so much more tailored to what women have evolved to be competent at, mm. which is attention to detail and uh, organize, organizing, managing things like a household, whereas men, we, you know, we've evolved to like go and hunt fucking willy mammoths and stuff yeah, so yeah we're not meant to be you know when i clean the dishes i just do it and then there's often little things there and i don't care that's but an interesting theory <laughs> that's my theory matt do you know what maybe in my relationships i'm usually the one that's more like you like i'll be laid back about cleaning things and sometimes i've dated a but couple that's of rare, right? that's... yeah i think i don't know what it is if it's a gender thing about being particular but also maybe those are things that we mirror off our parents and my mum was like a intense like clean freak like intense and that's probably why i'm really relaxed about it because i hated it i was like relax but there's nothing that men are we have we can show i mean if you're still doing some outdoorsy stuff that's where oh we can shine and hey look oh you couldn't lift this thing let me do it and then (laughs) we're like the little dog that the girls are good job yeah but we want that because we always want positive reinforcement. Mm. But now that we live a more sedentary lifestyle and most mm. jobs that are – there's still a lot of uh, labor-intensive jobs out there, but uh, most jobs are transitioning towards services and office jobs. Mm. There's not really a place where we can actually – I don't want to say be men, but use all this, uh, I guess, physical strength that we've evolved over millions of years to – have as an advantage and and then and and show show that we're needed because we're not actually mm. needed anymore mm. in this society other than a, a few you know a few little opening the jar or whatever <laughs> little yeah exactly right so <laughs> yeah. even just 100 200 years yeah. ago again it's not as though we it was essential to have men but if you're plowing this field for hours a day or whatever mm. on average i'm saying every man would be better at it but there's just we're just built in a way that would be that's tailor-made for physical work yeah well the thing is that's interesting about this is because when you're plowing the field and and doing those things you're actually contributing to your family unit and i think that's the issue is now in in modern relationships if i was doing 90 percent of the housework and i'm like hang on a minute i work full-time i work 50 hours a week like why can't you pull your weight? Like, how are you contributing yeah. to this? You're not funding me. You're not, I'm not like living off your paycheck, those kind of things. And that's why when, you know, one person stays at home with with the baby, that person is, is typically going to take on the household duties because that's how they are contributing to the unit. And in many ways, I can, I can empathize yeah. with that and I understand yeah. how that would be frustrating because you'd think to yourself, well, I'm doing the lion's share of the work here. Yeah. And I'm also working... A professional job in the same way you are mm. yeah what are you offering yeah. unless they live on a farm or, or the the man's building i mean hey, come on men today aren't handymen yeah some still are yeah the tradies are but it's funny how things how you have to be kind of compatible on even like these these little things i have a um a friend and she i wouldn't yeah she must be a little bit of a clean freak perfectionist and she's dating a guy who is very much like me like just like a bit more chill whatever and she will lose her shit being like I cannot stand that he never checks the mailbox and when the rubbish is full he doesn't just 
take it out all the dishwasher's done he doesn't just empty it straight away like he'll just let it sit and that's i'm like him i'll be like well, i'll yeah. do it when i feel like it i'll do it a bit later it doesn't really matter but she's like <laughs> how can you hear the dishwasher finish and not get up and unpack it she just doesn't she can't like understand it but then you kind of have to understand that people are different and yeah. they just value different things now yeah. there's a point there's an extreme on both of these ends where if you just live in an absolute pigsty yeah, yeah someone needs to pull you in line but mm. then if you're just this totally anal clean freak mm. that gets anxiety if there's a little speck on a dish well yeah you've got some issues to work on yeah. as well um so there's just yeah i mean i've been in situations where Something as simple as the way I put the tea bag into the tea or, <laughs> or I was um, chopping up a banana before I put it into a smoothie just because I guess it doesn't make sense. It would make sense to just put the banana in there. But I, like, what's the big deal? Like, why does it, those That's are very so, specific instances. Now that you're because, saying that, I'm thinking, because, oh my God, I have pulled up people for that before. <laughs> because I remember those to this day. Yeah. Because, and I wouldn't mind if uh, the response was something along the lines of, oh, that's a bit funny that you do it that way. But it was yeah. like, oh, why do you, what's wrong with you? Why do you do it that way? And I was like, give me a break. Like, that's I'm actually, so and I was making a smoothie for her. And I'm like, you want to complain that I'm <laughs> freaking just chopping the banana up? I don't know. It it does, it did, does seem a bit weird. Oh my God. I feel but, so bad. I've literally did this like two weeks ago where I talk shit about the way someone cut garlic. <laughs> But, yeah, but see, stuff like that. But it was in humor, which was different. As long as they're doing it, yeah. If you're doing it in a, in a sort of humorous way, Not then it genuinely should be fine. Like, but angry. If, uh, if little things like that, if someone's just doing something differently to you, whether or not they're not pulling their weight, but if someone's doing something differently yeah. to you and you're getting upset about that, no, that's on that's on you then. Yeah, that's I it. I think. We cannot expect people to think and act the way that we want them to or the way that we are. Yeah. At all points, yeah. It's not even not even just um, romantic partners. You know, my mum will come here sometimes. Oh, the the, the shower's dirty. I'm like, mum, it's my apartment. Like, oh, leave me alone. Oh, I'm not a kid God. anymore. <laughs> Something about mums. My mum is just. <laughs> but then I'd be like, oh, fine. I guess I gotta clean it. She'll <laughs> be like, there's dust in your air vent, and I'm like, oh shit, I haven't looked at that for a long time. But you're like, mum, any well, you are my mum, but you know, you know, you know, you don't take care of me anymore. I'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, Something I yeah. So this is kind of reminding me of a something that I think I read in an Esther Perel book, mm. or it might have been. Do you know there's a there's a she's quite controversial, but there's a Australian Bettina aunt. Yeah, I don't know her too well, but I have I know of her. Yeah, so it was just books. a book of hers I read where she uh, just recounted some of the case studies of in her mm. psychological practice. And um, I, again, I can't remember exactly what was said in these books, but there seemed to be a dynamic there, which we've been talking about earlier, where um, women are, if there's a lack of sex in a relationship, then women are saying, well, if he did more of the housework, mm -hmm. I'd be more attracted to him. Now, I get mixed messages there because some women will say, yeah, he did the housework and, and then I... Did Still don't want to? Oh, you sleep. did? I did sleep with him, right. but it wasn't like, oh, I was then suddenly sexually attracted to him. It was whereas, a reward. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of this weird carrot being yeah. dangled, which ugh, that scares me. But mm -hmm. but then there were uh, uh, instances where when men did traditionally masculine things, so go outside and, I don't know, build something or get the tools mm -hmm. out and do some handiwork, mm the women were more likely to be 
attracted to that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. True. So it's, it is true. Yeah, it is true that we. That's interesting. We do get um kind of spikes of hormones that are like almost like I want to have a baby with that man when you see him do something and you hear about that all the time like someone a girl will be like um I wasn't too sure about this guy and then he helped me put a a, like a tv on the wall and it was that moment I was like I need to have his babies just like watching him do something typically masculine which is interesting because it even makes me uncomfortable to say I know I've done that probably a lot but then I'm like I hate that such a simple thing and we're like wow what is it? So, but doesn't that then play into my theory, which is that hey, this is a man displaying yeah. worth in a realm that he or like that that men are traditionally more competent in, which is I guess physical strength or building things, right? And I'm not saying yeah. women are not good at that or whatever. I'm just saying historically that was men did that, yeah, yeah. And women um, took care of the house, mm. so. Yeah, that's, I just find that quite interesting. Yeah, um, it is a biological thing. But at the same point, you know, in today's day and age, you're not probably, if I had um, Ikea furniture here ready to be put together, <laughs> it's not that I'll be like, please, babe, you do that and I'll cook dinner like that. But, you know, if it's, there's no Not Ikea furniture, on, there's nothing. Get the Allen key yeah, out, right? There's nothing heavy <laughs> to pick up and then I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm doing all this. Blah, 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 blah. I'll be like, mate, put some, contribute to this a little bit. But yeah, it is interesting because it's we do well, we do fall into that a lot with this whole like just seeing a man carrying something or doing it's something. As simple as that, just carrying something. Yeah, or if you really the peak of it is a man carrying a baby. That's like it's just my friends will text me being like, not even a photo, just being like I saw a hot dad and a and a baby today, and we'll be like, wow, cool. <laughs> Yeah, well. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then that other book I read, um, which has stuck to me, stuck with me for ever since I read it, called Hormonal, which is yeah. how about when a woman is uh, ovulating, when it's that time of her cycle, she's much more attracted to, to testosterone, very traditionally masculine, masculine yeah. sometimes even dangerous yeah. men. Mm-hmm. That's right. Read that book. Everyone should read that book. It is It is fascinating. Especially if you're on the pill, read it because who you're attracted to on the birth control is different to who you're attracted to off birth control. Yeah. And it's really interesting now that it's because it's been around for some time. A lot of people are looking back and reflecting, thinking, oh my gosh, my relationship fell apart when we started to, when I went off birth control or when we wanted to conceive or things like that because all of a sudden they lost all attraction to their partner so it's a wow. it's a scary thing because i was on the pill for 10 years so imagine if i had been with someone that whole time and then when i went off it i was like oh no, <laughs> no well, that usually you. happens after 10 years anyway yes yeah, right? seven year itch <laughs> that's um, it <laughs> and then what was also really interesting in that book is uh women will will wear different clothes based on at what point yes. they are in their cycle. So yes. uh, when they're ovulating, which uh, is when they can... Super sexy. Yeah, get pregnant. Very sexy, very Curvacious. bright colors. Yeah. And they'd even say their face would seem much more vibrant. Yes. And... Yeah. It's a thing. I'm definitely <laughs> my most attractive when I'm ovulating. I can tell, like, my face literally will look different. And sometimes I'm like, um, I'll just crave wearing something, like, hot 
or whatever. And then I'll be like, I must be ovulating. And then I literally think sometimes, <laughs> oh, my body looks curvier than usual, like more like childbearing. <laughs> I've even heard that the, well, uh, no, I even, this is all in this book and that yeah. they're more likely to be more competitive with other women. Yeah, aggressive. And yeah. more likely to be adventurous, want to go out and, and party yeah. and, and, and um, eat less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that always happens in the week of often leading up to your period is that pretty much every single month I'll have one week where I'm like, I'm so fit and I'm going to go to the gym every day and then it will be five days and then, yeah, like, ah, oh, that's why. Uh, <laughs> wow. But yeah. anyway, I can't recommend that book enough. Um, Super interesting. Yeah, yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah, because men only have actually a, a like one um, cycle change. So women have like a million and men are like you get a surge of testosterone in the morning. So that's yeah. why they say like men are the most productive first thing in the morning because it's when you have your absolute peak of yeah. testosterone and then it, it depletes an during then, the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super interesting. I wonder why that is mm. in the morning. Must have been some sort of... Ready for the day. Yes, serving I'm thing to wake person, you up. So. and yeah. yeah, it is interesting. But yeah, I mean, back to the whole sex as a reward and things like that. It is, it is a, a tricky thing to go down and it does often happen when... And I know even... Not out of marriages, I know friends in relationships will do that as well, trying to like kind of rope learn like Pavlov's theory that it's this is good behavior, I'll reward it so that they will be more inclined to do it again, um, which is <laughs> very sneaky. Um, but See, the, the whole dynamic is different. It's, it's you've got everything we want, you've got we want to have sex with you, yeah, the power, and you've got all of that power mm. and nowadays it's probably 50 50 economic power it's mm. not as pronounced one way as it was previously mm. whereas historically it was yeah you you've got the for the eggs and the the yeah. sex i guess if if we mm. think of it as a way that w women are the ones that withhold the sex which yeah. i don't even think that's a necessarily how we should be looking at it but yeah. i'm just talking through the lens of history mm. and then men would have the resources so we've got the job and the money yeah exactly that's right and uh now it's uh it's all up in the air what's really interesting though is that there definitely is still a view that it's oh my girlfriend or my woman doesn't my woman <laughs> my wife doesn't have Freudian please, slip. <laughs> please don't refer to her as my woman <laughs> that's terrible uh, but this um my my girlfriend or my wife she never has sex with me like oh, it's such a hassle and it's a thing we see in like Hollywood and movies a lot. But I was really surprised to learn that it's almost actually split down the middle, almost slightly really? leaning like 2% more to women or something like that. But it's very common in men as well, but we don't ever really talk about that so openly. It's not actually like a discussed thing or understanding within society. I've heard that libido for women increases up to menopause is that true no okay we'll no so okay. it's it can be different because i i was actually looking into this the other day this is uh -huh. only why i know this because my friend um messaged me saying that your libido um like peaks just at um before or during menopause like when you're in like your 50s it's like when you're at your right. at your peak um for horniness for women 
And then I was like, no, that's not right. And then she was like, no, it is. So we did a whole bunch of research, both of us. And we both found through all the studies that it doesn't increase. Um, Sometimes it does, but typically you're at your peak actually around mid thirties between like 20, 24 and like 39 would be almost your peak. And the reason when you're in your 20s, it's because you're like wanting to bear children. And the reason why it peaks in your 30s is because that's when you have the highest level of self-esteem and self-confidence and you're kind of like feeling really empowered and things like that. But when you're reaching menopause, your body is saying, I no longer am going to bear children. So therefore your libido decreases. And what's interesting is post-menopause, it's very, very common for women for just a short period of time, but for like a year or two to be really like grossed out by babies, like can't find them cute because they can no longer have them. It's a biological thing. So like if I look at a baby and this isn't all women, of course, there's people that don't want babies, but I'll look at a baby and I'll be like, I need one. Like just (laughs) for the next 20 minutes, I'll be like, I need a baby. Like that's right now. Um, But then that's a common thing for women. And yeah. then when, yeah, post-menopause, you'll look at a baby and be like, yuck, oh my God, shut it up kind of thing for a small period of time until you kind of, your hormones regulate again. Uh, okay. Yeah. So 30s, so, but it's not the same because men are the most horny in, as teenagers, right? Yeah. And then it just gradually goes down. Slowly. Whereas Pretty uh, slowly, yeah. it sort of goes up and so it'll go up and in, in peak in the 30s. Yeah. And kind of, on then, average. Yeah. So it's super interesting. And then... Why why do we have to be designed that way? (laughs) Why (laughs) can't it just be... So then like a 16-year-old boy is as horny as like a 36-year-old woman. Oh, God. Should be the same. Yeah. Same age. Yeah. I mean, there's... Obviously, there's people that have high sex drives and low sex drives throughout their life. And I think I always say it's so important to get someone that you're like sexually compatible with, especially when it comes to like libido and expectations of how much you want sex like realistic expectations um and i was pretty surprised i was was learning that even for our age and people in relationships the average amount and living together average amount of sex in our age group is one to two times max a week yeah which like is really shocking to me i didn't think it would be so little uh, but then again, when I speak to people in long-term relationships and friends and they're like, no, like sometimes once every couple of weeks or whatever, and that's totally fine. It's just, it's as long as you're both happy it, with that. It loses the uh, the excitement factor and yeah. eventually you grow accustomed to each other. Yeah. And it's a common thing that mm. comes up in like, um, in therapy, couples therapy is that kind of concept exactly that you're like I don't have that biological like chemical pull to that person I don't lust after them anymore so sometimes you know it's really Mm. it's harder for me to get in the mood to have sex but they're kind of actually like new research is coming out well there was a lot of controversy because some sex therapists will say if you're not in the mood for sex with your husband sometimes just do it and like anyway regardless and a lot of people were like what the hell if you don't want sex don't have sex. But the idea behind this is that, you know, typically we would think it goes like desire. So like I look at someone, I'm desiring them or they're doing something that's turning me on. Mm -hmm. And then it's arousal. So like physical simulation and then, yeah, orgasm or finish, right? There's like the three stages. But what they're saying now, research is showing that sometimes desire and arousal or the physical simulation can be 
reverse for some people. Mm. So they require the physical stimulation first to then desire the person. Yeah, that yeah. in that um, book I was talking about, she talks about that. Oh, where, really? Yes, yeah, so a lot of women would not be horny but is this the one by um the australian yeah 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 that's why she's controversial yeah i remember this now yeah she's she's very much she's like have sex even if you're not craving it have it because then you'll want it yeah once it's started you'll be happy (laughs) yeah um which does seem to go against a lot of the modern uh, rhetoric about sex and relationships and women really quickly because we got to wrap this one up do you think there's a We've kind of gone away from the cool <laughs> girl here, but oh, it's, it's somewhat related, it's right? But, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think when people are in a long-term relationship that there is a responsibility to, to a certain degree, sexually satisfy each other? A hundred percent, a thousand percent. Like I, and I also think that you know, in long-term relationships, you know, the, that passion and that lust will usually die down and that the chemical surges that we have when we're falling in love will last I think I've said before like one and a half to two and a half years for a girl and for guys it's usually two to four years where you're like that constant like oh my gosh kind of attraction and that will almost go for every couple and then it comes down to you know you're not going to want to jump their bones every time you see them anymore but it's that putting that time aside or showing them care through physical touch and intimacy as well as emotional intimacy we have to it doesn't come naturally at all points in our relationships and we do have to be consciously trying those things at points but it's it's really important to do yeah don't look upon and don't fap or did you mean like? <laughs> that, no, I'm just I'm just adding some. Uh, but did you mean when you said stuff. like, is it our responsibility, like your partner's responsibility for sexual satisfaction? Do you mean like, if I don't have an orgasm, you need to make me orgasm? Or, On a, or no, I was like talking a, about what you yeah, referred okay, to. Yeah, 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 good. Yeah, well then that's another good question, I guess. Yeah, whose responsibility is it to make you orgasm? <laughs> His or hers? Well, no, it is. It is. <laughs> you got to go to a. Uh, reasonable length to satisfy the other person yeah. now if it's getting to a point where you've been there for an incredibly long time and it's just not happening i think yes. someone would understand and say all right look thanks for trying yeah i mean you but so, you've got to yeah. try you, you know, got to give it a red gotta, hot go exactly yeah yeah um and that's a good that's a, that's the climax to this podcast <laughs> so <laughs> ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to that one man that Went on some interesting tangents there. Yeah. That's the sort of stuff I'm really interested in and, and I do mm. have some very rudimentary knowledge because I've mm. read a few of those books, but that sort of stuff is super interesting. Um, thank you for listening. Um, if you live in Sydney, I'm doing a weekly comedy and improv show, neilandfriends.com, limited tickets every week. Subscribe, share this podcast on whatever social media app you prefer and we'll see you next time. See you next week.